Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. Thank you for listening as usual. And please don't forget, yours truly, L.A. Blackburn, does have books on Amazon, Christian fiction, if you like Christian fiction, as well as a Bible study book on the life of Joseph. And uh, please don't forget, uh, on my account with SoundCloud, I've got listed a link for Patreon. Now, always, always give your church first. Please. So, got some turbulent times. Real turbulent times, just everywhere. It's interesting. Um, I try not to be, even though I'm American, try not to be someone with tunnel vision. Uh, I do like to look at what other nations have to say about, hey, this is... uh, this is kind of how we view what's going on in America. Um, sometimes it's awesome, and sometimes it's not. And you have to look at both, I think. Uh, for example, uh, there are places in Africa, very strong Christian nations in Africa, that uh, basically really are not interested in a whole lot of uh, missionary relief from America. They would like relief from America, supplies and, and, and tools and things of that nature, which which can help them help themselves. But a lot of them say, you know, as far as your kind of theology stuff, you know, we'd kind of like for you to keep it over there. Anyway, I, I don't take that negatively, and I hope other people don't either as well. Um, a lot of uh, interesting things going on. Today, let's look at a passage, though, because there are a lot of people that are that are just tripping. I mean, they're freaking out. Uh, and they're freaking out on YouTube. And they're freaking out on a line. And they're saying, look, this is it, man. This is, you know, Jesus is coming back. And may very well be, okay. But the return has been... You know, we've been living in the last days for the past 25, 2,000 years, maybe? Something of that nature. I'm not negating the fact that Jesus is coming soon. Soon, with God, is a whole different ballgame. I like the second letter to... In fact, I like the letters to Peter, or from Peter. Part of the reason is, Peter's not necessarily an academic, Okay? He's not the guy with a PhD. Smart, okay, don't get me wrong. But understandably, you know, he refers to Paul. He says, look, there are people who read Paul's stuff and they really kind of don't understand it to their own detriment. So if you're going to compare Peter and Paul, you even Peter might say, yeah, I think Paul's a guy with a PhD. But here's the thing. Peter was with the Lord a lot person-to-person, one-on-one, mano-a-mano, getting really good instruction. 
And this is what he has to say. This is Second Peter 3, 1 and following. Uh, so this is Peter talking. He says, uh, this is now the second letter that I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring you, well, I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and the Savior through your apostles. Knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, Where is this promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning. For they deliberately overlook this fact that the heavens existed long ago and that the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God and that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, when the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolve, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in the lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heaven and new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. Now, so what's Peter talking about? How in the world, if, if you have the expectation of basically what he's saying is the heavens will explode with fire, the earth will explode with fire. The planet's evidently going to be destroyed by fire. Now, remember, God put a promise with Noah, the rainbow that we see, that he will not destroy the earth by water. Okay, So it's not going to drown everybody again. But fire, that's a different story. Now, 
it's interesting that it's a rainbow. Well, what, what is a bow? It, a bow can be a ribbon put in your hair, but that's not what this is. It's an arc, and this arc is a bow and arrow, and that's a tool of war. That's what that is. So in the rainbow, it is a promise, but it is a promise with power behind it because God's using a weapon, a, a symbol of a weapon of war to say, look, I'm in control. I've got the power. But I'm telling you, I'm not going to destroy the world with, with water anymore. Now, that, by the way, covenant he made with Noah wasn't just to Noah. It was with the whole earth. It was with all the creatures of the earth. Now, fire, different story. It's interesting. Um, I mean, according to science, in some, like a billion years, the Milky Way galaxy is going to collide with another galaxy and absolutely destroy everything. Um, so, if you think about it, and this kind of annihilationism, now, even if you're saying, well, that's a billion years, you know, I'm not going to be here. Well, you're right. But here's the thing. We have other things that are fairly pressing. Uh, just to let you know, the they made a movie, and I've mentioned this before, about the San Andreas Fault, at least in the United States. And people seem to act like it's just not there. When the U.S. Geological Survey is saying, well, when that thing makes an adjustment, it's going to be bad. Well, here's the thing. If I remember right, according to the documentary I saw, the epicenter, which is ground zero where the Earth shakes the most, is going to be in the Los Angeles Valley. Well, let's see. I'm sure I'm glad there's not a lot of people in Los Angeles Valley. Oh, wait a minute, there is. Oh, yeah, it's the blooming city of Los Angeles, as well as Hollywood and all and Beverly Hills and all that fun jazz. Now, that's going to be bad. Uh, Yellowstone Park in the U.S. Uh, has this in common with the island of Santorini in Greece. Santorini was a super volcano. So is Yellowstone Park. Yellowstone Park, however, is very active. Santorini, as far as we know, is not. But when Santorini blew up, there was pumice from that blooming volcano that was found in southern Egypt. So here's what we are talking about. And those of you in the European area will know. Uh, I'm not a ge geography whiz. However, Greece is on the northern side of the Mediterranean. Uh, last time I checked, Egypt is on the southern side of the Mediterranean Sea. Okay? And this, uh, according to this uh, particular documentary, uh, ash from that blooming volcano was found in southern Egypt. That's a long way away. Now, 
If Yellowstone explodes, well, that's going to probably put everything above mid-Texas in some kind of clouded ice age to let you know that's going to stink. Yeah, that's going to, that's going to, that's going to bite hard. Now, you're thinking, yeah, but I mean, come on. When did that really happen? Maybe not. Maybe it'll be another thousand years before that even happens. I don't wish that on anybody, but here's the deal. We act alike sometimes that we're invincible. And this is where I think Peter's talking about the scoffers. You know? The scoffers. Now, the scoffers in this situation are basically people who just believe in their own stuff. You know, they're, they're focused on their own little, little area of the planet. And I'm not getting into the global warming thing here, but but I'm just saying, these people uh, are motivated by their own sinful desires. What What is that? Money and power. Money and power. And they say, and this is Second Peter 3, 4, and they will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since our fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. So the argument here is, hey, you know, everything just keeps going on like it always has. You know, just everything's going along. Well, that's a comment Jesus made about the last days where he says it'll be like in the days of Noah. People were marrying and giving their daughters in marriage. So in other words, everything seemed like everything was fine. Everything is beautiful, you know. And then, and it is until it's not. So, now what is Peter's admonition about this? He's saying, you know, all this crazy stuff can unfold. You know, what what do you need? You know, what is it you need to focus on? Well, first of all, I love the fact that he gets in and he says, "Look, uh, you know, one day." is a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. So, in other words, don't start putting God on your timetable. Don't start setting your watch on stuff you think God is going to do. Because God didn't have to follow your plan. God is God. He can follow His plan. But He assures us the people he's writing to, that God's not slow. He said, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. Well, how do people count slowness? Well, when it doesn't happen according to their own little preconceived notions of when God's supposed to do stuff. He says, but God is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Okay, so uh, so all the scoffers and all, all the real negative people out there that say, oh, the Bible's just full of bunch of bunch of killjoy. You know, God hates this, God hates this, God hates this, God hates me, God to Well, no, no, God didn't hate anybody. What God's trying to do is, is give people enough time to come to him. That's what God's trying to do. 
give people enough time to come to him. And notice he uses the word repentance. So repentance is is a process. It's a, it's a situation where you and it's and it's more than just one step. A lot of people it really emphasizes, oh well you just need to believe in Jesus. Well, okay, that's great. But even the devils believe in Jesus and tremble, is what the word says. So you have to have a, a fundamental change in your life. And you have to agree with God. This stuff I'm doing is wrong. I'm not going to do that anymore. And do something else. That's repentance. Going back and making amends to the people that you have sinned against. Sin being, if you've been really crappy to somebody, you try to make it right. You try to make your life right. You try to turn things around. That's repentance. That's active. It, it, it's full of action, not some, oh, well, no, I feel so bad. Okay, well, that's it. No. That's not biblical repentance. That's the start of biblical repentance is, yes, you recognize what you're doing is bad, but you, you change your behavior and you, you make amends. That's biblical repentance. Now, Peter goes on to say, look, when Jesus comes back, Everybody needs to stop like focusing on trying to formulate jazz because when he comes back, he's going to come back like a thief. He's just boom, boom. And what he describes is going to be kind of chaotic. Heavens will pass away with a roar. Heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. Can you imagine the moon catching on fire? Uh, well, hmm. That would be one for the magazines, right? And the earth and works that are done on it will be exposed. In other words, when Jesus comes back, it doesn't matter how good you are at lying. Lies are going to be laid wide open. That's why these people, these scoffers up, up topside, who think they're doing God favors, you know, Oh, well, I'm so special. God really loves me. That's why I lie, cheat, and steal people from people. Well, come on. So, his final word really starts with, therefore, and anytime you see therefore in the Bible, you need to ask why the therefore, what the therefore is there for. Peter says, therefore, beloved, since you're waiting for these, in other words, all this stuff to happen, and the heavens and Jesus to return, he says this, be diligent to be found by him, who's him? Jesus, without spot or blemish, and at peace. What in the world are you talking about, Peter, being at peace? That's crazy talk. No. He's saying, when Jesus comes back, let him find you doing what he asked. Repentant and doing things he asked us to do. Prayer, Bible study, outreach, witnessing, helping the poor, reaching out. 
when you do these things, you find peace, and I don't, it's not the peace where there's a complete calm and absence of conflict. That's not what peace is. Peace is calm inside when the world is freaking chaos around you. Peace is something you have inside. It's not a situation on the outside. And the one who can give it to you is Jesus. Now, how do you be without spot or blemish? Basically, you stay prayed up. If you sin, you confess it, you get it behind you, you repent, and you go on with the Lord. Because God doesn't want to sit there and talk about your sin any more than you do. What he wants to do is get on with your life to help you improve and be happier and draw closer to him. Sin prevents that. That's why God didn't want to talk about it. People think God wants to just really just wants to to sit and listen about the sin you've done for the past twenty minutes. Well, yes and no. He needs to hear your repentance in that you're saying yes, I've sinned and this is it. But after that, it's done. He really is not interested in hearing about it again. Because when God forgives, He doesn't. Sit here and say, yeah, yeah, I forgive, but let me write this down. He forgives. That's why Jesus came. That's what forgiveness is. So, when you do these things, you are at peace, but it's the peace you carry around with you on the inside, not on the outside. Now, with that in mind... I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on, but also to keep on speaking it on. Amen? Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.